What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Lives. He's joined by my co-host tonight, Cole Patterson. Dalton Miller not with us as he's uh, living the good life in Pennsylvania. Um, don't know what he's doing there. I guess he's at his parents' house just chilling. Must be nice. But uh, I think he's fishing. Fishing? That's what he's been posting about. Where do you fish at in Pennsylvania? <laughs> don't ask me. <laughs> I mean, I guess it is on the the east the, the coast there, but Pennsylvania does not seem like the fishing spot to go to. Hey, you gotta make you gotta make do with what you have. Oh my goodness! Well, <laughs> Dalton's uh, on a vacation, so he might join us. Ne- Actually, I won't be here next week because I'm getting married in twelve days. So, podcast uh, might be a little bit more important than than your wedding, man. Yeah. I don't know how to. I don't know how to feel about you uh, skipping that. True, that is very true. <laughs> but if no, uh, that's, that's big time, congratulations. Yeah, that's something. That is something. <laughs> but uh, maybe I'll be here next week. Maybe I won't. I don't know. We'll figure out. We'll figure that out when the time comes. But uh, we are going to flip it over. We talked a lot. I know Cole, you weren't with us last week, but me and Dalton talked a lot about the offensive line depth uh, last week. Uh, we, we covered a little bit of like the optimism that we feel like was coming out of mini camp and OTAs and all that as well, because every year I feel like we get to that point where every Cowboys fan and a lot of the media starts talking about this team, like they're a Super Bowl contender just based off of these, you know, padded, you know, mini camp practices. And we kind of, we pumped the brakes on that a lot, you know, talked about a lot of the things we're, we're kind of worried about. Um, but this week we're we're not going to do any of that. We're going to talk about the defensive line because we we feel like we feel like while the defense might not be that much improved this year, if there's one unit on the defense that could be um, maybe outside a linebacker with Jabril Cox and Michael Parsons added, it would be the defensive line because of some of what they did in free agency and where they spent some of their draft capital. So that's what we're gonna. Uh, touch on today we, we talked about offensive line last week we're going to flip over to the other side of the ball and talk about this defensive line depth Cole I wanted to start with you they had plenty of addition well with you there's not really anybody else to start with but I wanted to ask you first <laughs> uh yeah. you know they had a lot of additions whether it be free agency um whether it be draft picks whether it be UDFAs like they added bodies to that spot I'm not asking you what is the best player they added. I'm asking you who are you most excited to see on that defensive line. So you're just talking about the new additions. Right. Everybody new. So free agents, draft Mm -hmm. picks, UDFAs, like anybody. I mean, again, like I'm not asking who do you think is going to be the best. I'm not asking you who's like – what do like maybe it it could even be a situation? I know like last year they signed some guys in UDFA who we knew weren't going to make the team, but we were excited about what they could be in year yeah. two, year three. Is there a guy like that that stands out to you in their new additions this year? So I don't know about UDFA off the top of my head, because um, I mean they, they do have a. I mean they may not make the roster. I know you said that's not the biggest thing, but I mean I'm kind of interested in seeing what Brent Urban, um, you know, brings to this defensive line. I mean he. Obviously, had a big role in Chicago, and I think that's a pretty important addition to the Cowboys' defensive line. Um, they need somebody in the middle um, to go along with. Uh, you know, they have um, some bodies there, but they don't really have anybody that can stop the run. That's kind of been a big issue um, of the of the defense. You're kind of hoping Dan Quinn can step in and have some influence there. Um, you're hoping a linebacker play is going to help improve that. But I think Brent Urban is going to be a huge addition to the defense if. 
if the defensive line is improved, as you mentioned, um, that is a unit that can take that next step if everything goes, um, you know, its way. But yeah, I mean, I think he's the obvious choice. Obviously, they added a couple draft picks as well. Um, just in terms of new additions, I'd say I would say Urban, um, and I know he's not a new addition per se, but I'd also keep an eye on Bradley and I as well. Um, yeah. I still I saw a little bit of hope for him. Um, he didn't. I mean, you could kind of. I mean, if, if he was in college last year, was basically like a redshirt year per se. Like um, he didn't see the field very much. He didn't make any contributions. But I think like he's gonna have. I mean, I think you know with Dan Quinn in the building, there could be a chance of a guy like Bradley and I, somebody who didn't play last year, to make an impression. Um, so those are two guys who I'd keep an eye on um, personally. I'm really, and I, I, I probably agree with you the most because I think Brent Urban's probably would be my uh, pick as well just because I think. He's I think, probably the obvious answer. Yeah, like he's probably the one that one could be the most talented out of those additions, but two, he's probably the one that can make the biggest impact too just based on like, again, like I don't think he's going to come in and get you eight sacks, but I think he can be a much better player than what they're used to in the player that he's going to be, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. a guy who can play the nose can play the three could even play some, you know, four eye, some, some five tech in the three. So he can do so many different things on that defense. And I think not only could he be the most talented new addition, but he could do the most things to help that defense improve. Um, and again, like it's not like he's a young dude coming in that we think is just going to absolutely blow up, but we think that his veteran presence and his versatility could be huge. Um, I'm going to go a little bit different just because okay. – and, and, and this kind of fits what I ask. Most interesting. Like guy I'm most interested mm-hmm. in, I'm going to go to Carlos Watkins, the okay. free agent signing yeah. um, from Houston. He, he's bounced around a little bit. He's one of those guys that I don't even know if he makes the 53-man roster, just depending on what they do there, because you got Tristan Hill, you got Neville Gallimore, uh, you got Quentin Bohana, you got Oso Odigizua, you got Brent Urban. Like, you have bodies there. So, like, Carlos Watkins could come down to one of those last spots or depending on how he does in preseason or if there's an injury, something like that. But I think there's something there with him. You know, when they signed him, a lot of people just rolled their eyes at it and kind of chuckled that that's who they're, you know, first, I think that might've been their first signing of this off season. But <laughs> yeah. it, when you dive into his tape, like he was playing a little bit out of position um, in Houston. And when you see, when you put him in those situations where he can just line up, you know, in that one gapping scheme and really fire off the ball, uses his explosiveness and use his kind of quick twitch that he plays with. Um, you could see the vision that I think maybe the the Cowboys had with him and Dan Quinn's scheme because he has he has good size. I mean, six four, three hundred twelve pounds. He has good length. He's got good explosiveness. So he has the traits. He played at a big program in Clemson, so it's not like he's a small school guy. Um, he's just coming in like. He had a really interesting kind of backstory too. Uh, he had a he was in a fatal car accident, and you know he wasn't able to play a whole lot at Clemson uh, because of the injuries he he suffered there. But once he got back on the field, um, he was a good player for for Clemson, and he was drafted um, to to be you know a, a big time addition to that Houston Texans defense. Obviously, that didn't work out, but I think you know he could be into you know he could be in that mix. 
um, like Brent Urban to come in and you know not, not going to get seven, eight, nine sacks by any means, but provide a little bit of pass rush, provide some position versatility with the ability to play uh, as a one-gapping under tackle and as a one-gapping nose. So that's something I'm kind of interested to see is what he can do. Um, mm-hmm. ex- you know, it, you know, we're going to get to this in a little bit, but they are going to Oxnard for training camp, so that could be his way on the roster if he can have some of those plays where you know the Malik Collins type training camp where he beats Jack Barton every yeah. once in a while like mm-hmm. that could find him on the roster and he's a guy that I'm kind of interested in mainly because I don't expect a whole lot but mainly because when I went back and watched some of his tape after he was signed like I said I could kind of see the vision with him and mm-hmm. if he can stay healthy I think he could do uh do some good things for this team yeah no you made some really interesting points that Watkins is being overlooked by a lot of people and he can uh, have a chance to make the roster if he does make an impression in Oxnard um, obviously he does have some talent as you mentioned he played at a big program in college and it's not like he's just some you know guy that's gonna be there to fill a hole in training camp and then you get rid of him and he has no shot to make the roster like he, there's definitely a pathway to where he can make a name for himself and, and make the cut um, my mind went blank um for some reason, at the beginning of this topic, but yeah, Quentin Bohanna is definitely a guy that I'm really interested in as well. Uh, I know he's gotten some hype, especially after Antoine Woods was released shortly after the draft, but he's a guy that, you know, he's not going to do anything sexy or flashy. He's a big body guy that can clog up lanes. Um, he played in the SEC at Kentucky. He played for uh, Stoops uh, up there in Lexington. He's known for producing really good uh, defenders, and I think he can... He can carve out a role in this Dallas Cowboys defense, just being that guy to clog up lanes, fill holes, uh, help the linebackers get to the uh, – to help them improve the run run defense and all of that. I think Bohan is a guy that, you know, day through pick, I'm not saying he's going to be some superstar, but I, I'm really interested in what he brings to the table as well. Yeah, let me ask you a little bit about Rondell Carter, uh, a guy that we had okay. on the show last year. Yeah. He was practice squad guy, got poached, mm-hmm. uh, came back once he was released. I think he was with the Colts for a little bit. They yeah. waived him. Cowboys re-signed him to their 53-man, and he actually played a little bit for mm-hmm. uh, Dallas at the end of the year last year. Um, kind of that tweener type of type of guy yeah. who's probably a left defensive end that just doesn't quite have that athleticism to live out on the outside, so they move him inside, so he's kind of fits that more athletic you know, three technique style of player mm-hmm. can do some both. Uh, what did you think of him last year? And do you think he's because they they when they signed Rondell Carter last year as a UDFA, he got a pretty big paycheck for undrafted yeah. free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think he's in their plans this year? Um, and if so, do you think it's more as a defensive end, or do you think it's more maybe as that defensive tackle? Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. So I know you were pretty high on him um, coming out of James Madison, especially when they gave him that big deal um, for EDFA kind of showed that, I mean, it kind of made everybody think that he was going to be a guy that was going to have a, you know, role with this team. And for whatever reason, he, you know, he is a tweener. He's not, he doesn't have a big strength. That's going to, he can point to, he's like, Hey, that's going to work in the NFL, but he's a good player. As you mentioned, he showed some things when the Cowboys uh, brought him back after he was cut by the Colts. Um, that, I don't know if it, this. It's not like the defensive line is a streak, so I'm not gonna say he can't make the roster or anything. But there just seems to be so many bodies along the defensive line. Like they drafted three guys, they added Brent Urban in free agency, touch on Watkins. You still got 
Gallo Moore and Tristan Hill. I mean, there just seems to be so much competition. Um, obviously, Randy Gregory is going to be there. Bradley and I. But, yeah, I mean, I think Carter can, can at least compete for a spot. I won't say he's going to make the roster, but th- right. there's something about them that they like. Obviously, if they're willing to make him a priority free agent, if they're willing to sign him after he, um, you know, spends a little bit of time with the Colts. Um Jeez, oh, defensive end or D tackle? I don't see. I don't think he has a size to play defensive end. Um, maybe he can play a little bit inside. You know, uh, Dan Quinn likes to do a lot of different fronts. He likes to be versatile. Maybe Randall Carter fits what he likes to do. As far as um, he, he can be too quick for the interior of the offensive line, he can kind of make up for his lack of size with his quickness. Um, he was a really good pass rusher coming out of college as well, so he can get in the backfield. Uh, I say if he makes a team, it's probably going to be inside. I just think there's a little bit too much competition um, at defensive end. I think he's he's a fringe guy. Like I wouldn't be shocked if he made the team, but I don't I don't know who he beat out. Like, who do you think he would beat out if he if, if we're here in September and he makes it makes a team? Like who who's the odd man out? Is it like an Armstrong? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Probably. That's probably yeah. the name. I mean, they're kind of playing different like positions because mm-hmm. Armstrong is more that, you know, weak side defensive end, yeah. slam linebacker. So, I mean, he's almost what you – not the, quite the same player, but like him and Chauncey Golson are kind of yeah, like the similar, exactly. maybe, you know. But I mean, I don't know, man. I, the, the next guy I wanted to talk about a little bit too, um, and it, the only reason I didn't mention him in the first question I asked, because I'm not sure if he's going to be a defensive lineman or kind of that Sam linebackers, Terrell Basham out of the, uh, mm. they signed him from the Jets this yeah. past uh, offseason. And that's another guy kind of like, you know, Urban, kind of like mm-hmm. uh, Carlos Watkins, that I feel like not enough people are talking about because yeah, when they signed him, like I liked Basham a lot uh, coming out of the draft a few years ago when he was drafted by the Jets. I want to say they took him in the third round, uh, third or fourth round. It was it was pretty early signing for him, if if I'm not mistaken. But you know, he came in, he was a good senior bowl player, um, didn't do a ton of you know. Didn't have a ton of productivity in New York with the Jets, but who does? Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so he's kind of the same mold that I see um, with um, with uh, Carlos Watkins, where you know he's drafted yeah. by the Colts. He was waived a few years later. The Jets picked him up. 
he had a little bit of a good run with the the Jets, and now he's kind of just finding his way, you know, finding uh, a new home, trying to figure out what he's going to be. Is he going to be that Sam linebacker? Is he going to be that weak side defensive end? But I think Basham's a guy that, you know, if you want to – those, you know, third and longs when you're just trying to rush the passer, like – if you want to reduce tank down inside, play him at under tackle. If you want to put Basham and Gregory as your two, you know, defensive ends, you know, in, in that three three man front on third and longs, like I think that's a little bit interesting scenario. Maybe have yeah. Micah Parsons coming on the blitz as well. Like that, those are little things that I think. Like I don't think Basham's a guy that's going to line up, play ninety percent of snaps at defensive end, and just set the world on fire. But I think he can fill a valuable role in this defense, given what he offers as a pass rusher and what he can offer as a stand-up guy who can do some things in coverage and play the run from that linebacker spot as well. Yeah, and he's a really athletic guy, and he has really good size. He's lengthy. He's lanky. He's got that. He's got a thir- almost a thirty-five inch wingspan. Um, I think he is a guy you can line up a little bit all over your defense. Um, he, he's not going to be a superstar. He's not going to be like an elite player, but he started some games for the Jets. As you mentioned, he's a productive player. Um, but yeah, I'm totally with you as far as being able to pass a rusher, maybe use him, Randy Gregory, and Micah Parsons to be able to get after the quarterback. Um, I, I don't think any of us think that. Cowboys defense is going to be elite by any means or anything <laughs> no. like that, but, they, but I think they I do have know. some interesting players, you know, some chess pieces that can yeah. make make things difficult for the quarterback. Um, obviously, Parsons is a guy that can line up all over, but even a Basham, as we mentioned with Urban, he can line up a little bit um, around the defensive line. Basham can play at linebacker, play at defensive end. If you need him rush a quarterback, he can do that. Um, so, I mean... These guys aren't really household names, but I do think they can make some impact on the defensive line. And like you said, not, not many people are talking about them. I think some of that has to deal with, you know, the excitement with the rookies. Um, and also, these guys aren't big-name free agents either. Like, the casual person probably has no idea who Brent Urban or Terrell Basham are. Just because, <laughs> I mean, they, they're not running up video game numbers. They're not, they're not somebody you play with on Madden. You know, you, I mean, you don't hear their names a lot, you know? But I do think they're going to be very important players. And I would be shocked if Basham doesn't have a, a pretty decent role in Dan Quinn's defense next year. Um, as I mentioned, Dan Quinn does like to, you know, he does like to be a versatile. He likes to play multiple defenses. He likes to confuse the quarterback. And I think Basham fits, kind of fits that uh, pretty nicely. Before we get out of here, do you see any, like, surprise cuts surprise trades or anything from the defensive line i mean mm. like i was surprised when antoine woods was released yeah. you know at, at a drop you know it was like they signed a few guys they had the draft that antoine woods was released because woods has played you know he started mm-hmm. a lot of games for this team over the last two years and played some pretty you know good football not great not elite by any means but just solid you know games here and there and I thought he would be you know a rotational depth piece for this this Mm -hmm. defensive line but could you see any scenarios where you know maybe Dorrance Armstrong is that guy that gets released but could you see a situation where maybe one of these draft picks gets released whether it's Chauncey Golson or Odigizua like I I feel like those were third round picks but I, I mean obviously not all these defensive line can make it it's like yeah I'd There's be disappointed so if I'd be disappointed if Brett Urban got released, but I don't think mm-hmm. you can totally count that out because of what they did in the draft and just how mm-hmm. many guys they have 
on that defensive line right now, but do you have anyone that you would be just absolutely shocked if they did, or I guess I should say not shocked if they uh, did end up releasing them? Like a semi of a possibility happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Armstrong's definitely the obvious one that you point to, just because, you know, the draft. Armstrong's not a guy that's – and he's not a bad player by any means, but Golston can kind of do a little bit what he does. Um, I don't know if there's another guy – I, th- I mean, I know I just about, talked about him. Anai's a guy that... That's I what I was going to say. Shot. What about Bradley yeah. Anai? Because, not, I mean, he wasn't drafted by this, mm-hmm. you know, defensive coaching staff. Like, he was a day get, three pick, too, so they don't have any, pick, like... Didn't get, didn't get any, really any playing time at all last mm-hmm. year, like... He, I, he's a guy that I like, but I would not be shocked if he doesn't make the cut. I mean, he's a little bit... He's a tweener, too, in a little bit as far as – not really a tweener, but he's undersized. You know, he doesn't have this great size. Uh, that was kind of one of his downfalls and why he fell in the draft. He's a guy that I wouldn't be shocked um, were to be cut. I guess if I'm a little bit go- – if I'm going outside of the box, uh, I think this would be a, b- a bigger surprise. But, you know, they had some D-line they had Brent Urban. Got Gallimore. He probably went more playing time for him. How, what do you think about, like, Tristan Hill? Do you think his, like – that could be one too. I mean, he's coming he off and yeah, coming. I mean, he, and it's not like he was lighting the world on fire either right. before his injury. Like, I don't think I want to bet money or anything or be like I wouldn't expect him to be cut. But he's a guy that right. I could see if you're looking at somebody besides Armstrong, besides an eye. I'd keep an eye on that. Um, I, I think he could be on that fringe, um, making the I roster just, or not if he has a I bad just, training camp. I just don't really know what Tristan Hill does in this defense anymore like, yeah he's, he's not a, he, he's not a nose mm-hmm. i don't think he's consistent enough to i mean he's not you know malik collins was never like down and down out consistent but he would provide that pass rush every once in a while i'm like yeah we saw a terrible year from hill we saw him Horrible, get yeah. injured and now he's coming back from an injury that you know a lot mm-hmm. of people come back from nowadays but like you out of he's going into his third year and we've seen nothing productive from just, yeah like from, his, a second, uh, from a second round pick, like that's yeah. Not, I think the second round pick is the only only saving grace for him right now. Um, if he was a day again, three like, pick, like Gallimore, no, no. Gallimore, Odigi Zua, like those are guys who are like you know this almost to me like very similar players to Tristan Hill. Obviously, Tristan Hill is a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, explosive, I guess you can say, than like an Odigi Zua, but Neville Gallimore and Tristan Hill are very similar in the ways they play. It's just they're a little bit different body types. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, but like you said, Hill hasn't shown us anything for like three years. So, yeah. I mean, like like you said, they drafted guys that could kind of fill his role. Uh, I would have to assume that you want a bigger role for Gallimore as well. Uh, I, I mean, I guess you could play them together, but Gallimore is a guy you definitely want on the field more often than not, um, over Tristan Hill. Um, he had a horrible rookie year. He showed a little bit, I guess, last year before the injury. It wasn't great, but you could kind of see some of the flashes, and he gets hurt. So he's a guy that I would keep an eye on for sure. Um, nothing I, Nothing makes me chuckle more than when we talk about Tristan Hill. And, like, again, like, I wish – I wish, I hope he turns into Aaron Donald, but, like, I didn't like Tristan Hill pre-draft. <laughs> Yeah, and he was terrible year one, and then mm-hmm. year two, you know, he played a handful of games and tore his ACL. And people, <laughs> people like, come at me on the internet, and they're like, 
oh, so what's what you know, you said Tristan Hill sucked, and I was like, what <laughs> in your right mind has proved that he doesn't? Like, yeah, what, what has it, changed that opinion? What is, if you thought he was bad, what, what has he done to change that, right? Yeah. Like, like again, like I hope he turns into Aaron Donald, but like mm-hmm. so far, Tristan Hill has been a bad player in year one and maybe not quite a bad player in the games he played in year two, and then he tore his ACL. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> at, at, exactly. at, at most, you got a not good player. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think, yeah, I know, I completely agree. So I'm saying, I, I think he's only, the only reason why people aren't talking about him being a potential cut is being the second-round pick. There's so many people, I'm not talking about fans or anything, I think just a team, it's, Itself, I don't think they want to part ways with a second round pick before the end of his con. I know they, I know they have done it. I know Char- Taco obviously got released and all that. So it's not like uncommon per se, but I think that's his only like thing he can hold his hat on because he right. he's literally not putting anything on uh, film. To, like, I will say, profit. I will say when you look at the measurables and you look at the testing, he does kind of fit what Dan Quinn looks for because I know he's got super long arms and we know how much of importance that is to Dan Quinn based on, you know, 90% of the draft picks uh, this year. So he's got that going for him. But uh, other than that, I mean, I think he's a guy that's really got to show up to camp and be ready to compete because a guy like Carlos Watkins, you know, the guys like Osa, the guys like, I mean, Brent Urban, Neville Gallimore. I mean, there's still – They're coming coming for those jobs. I guess my thing is, is like – Obviously, his contract's guaranteed, so you release him, you're not saving any money. But, like, I could find you 10 free agents on the street right now who are probably going to be, I would almost guarantee, better players than Tristan Hill would be this yeah. year. So it's like... No, I don't disagree. Like you said, like, it just feels like they're, like, holding on hope that he can have that mm-hmm. third third year jump. And it's just like yeah. that. Coming second, off an injury, a season-ending injury. Right. Like, the <laughs> second year jump is a thing because... You get a year, you get a full off season, you're you you adapt to the NFL. You rarely see a third year jump. Like I think people don't realize how quickly rookie contracts progress because everybody's like, Oh, you can't judge a player after three years. And it's like, what the hell do you want me to do then? Because it's not after three years and I'm judging him in his contract year. And mm-hmm. that's not that's when you want to judge that's not when you yeah. judge a player, because if he has a good year and you pay him like he's a good player, that's how you yeah. make that's how you give out right. So it's just like mm-hmm. you normally know what you got in a player within two, two and a half years. So like he better come out firing <laughs> all cylinders if he makes the the roster and wants to maybe see mm-hmm. a second contract. But it's just oh, I, you know. Know, I completely agree. But all right, that's all we got time for. Today. Yeah, the Cowboys are heading to Oxnard this year. The dates are kind of getting uh, put you know floated out there a little bit. So it'll be late July. They'll be in Oxnard, California for training camp. Sounds like fans will be allowed. It sounds like media will be allowed. It sounds like things yeah. are getting a little bit back to normal. So we'll be uh, mm-hmm. we'll be looking forward to maybe getting out there uh, some some shape or form or fashion and and, and <laughs> seeing some of this training camp and talking about it some more. But these next few weeks are going to be uh, just so rough. It's like What's worse for you, the the weeks bef- leading up to training camp when there's just nothing to talk about, or preseason going into the season? Definitely when there's nothing to talk about, in my opinion, because like at least like preseason, preseason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're kind of grasping for stuff in preseason. But at least it's football. At least you're actually talking about real things. I feel like in the off season, there's nothing to talk about. You're kind of having to like 
you know, kind of forced conversation or like trying to, right. you know, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I'm re- I'm ready for the preseason. It's gonna be here before we know it. it seems like the we were talking in draft, doing mock drafts like last week, so it's, it's flying by. Yeah, for sure. Well, cool, man. We will uh, some form or fashion be back next week. Uh, I might be there. We'll see what happens. But, I hope uh, it's on your wedding, man. Me and Dalton yeah. will hold it down. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, either way, this show will be back next week, whether I'm here, whether it's Cole, whether it's Dalton, whether it's all three of us, whatever. There will be some form or fashion of this show next yeah. week. What we're going to talk about, we have absolutely no idea. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going we're gonna to see what happens. But we'll be back next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is Talking the Star. Mm-hmm.